Welcome back to the Police Stories podcast. I'm Dave and this is uh, another story from my police career. Hopefully you'll find it interesting. So I've not long completed my training at this point and having finished with a tutor unit, you then move on to onto response policing, onto team, it's called various things in different places. But basically this is the team, the everyday sort of uniform team of police officers that answer 999 calls or any call really to the police of which can vary hugely from cat stuck up a tree to large fight to murder to everything in between, house fire, car accident, you name it. It's, it's about as varied as it gets in policing. And although uh, lots of people after time feel they should move on and go into specialist units within the police, the reality is you will never find the variety you find when you work on response policing. So on this occasion, I was at my police station. I'd been assigned um, a tutor, really. Although I had a tutor while I was on the tutor unit, you had effectively someone with a bit of service, a bit of experience that sort of was your crewmate for a period of time, maybe your first month or so. So you had a bit of stability with the same person and they would just lead you through that initial journey into policing. So at the police station, get called to disturbance at a local pub. It's in the evening. It's probably eight or nine o'clock in the evening. Um, and uh, so disturbance in a pub, possible fight, a couple of calls about it from security and one from a member of the public within the pub. Uh, so we go running out to the backyard and I was, again, remember I'm 21 at this point, so I'm quite excited. This is what I joined up the police for. You know, this is the excitement I was after. I'd never had a blue light run at this point. We run out, I jump into the car, get into the passenger seat. My tutor jumps in next to him and we go screaming out the backyard of the police station and he instantly puts on the lights and the two-tones, you know, the sirens. We go flying out into the traffic. It wasn't that heavy traffic from what I remember, but I was loving it. You know, this was so exciting to me and I couldn't believe how fast we were going as well. The reality was we probably weren't going that fast, but having only ever driven at normal speeds at this point, this was another level, you know, so... As I say, this is exactly what I joined the police for as a, as a kid, effectively. So we go flying off up to the high street where this pub was, and we turn up outside. And initially, when we first pulled up, uh, I think there was a couple of other police cars coming, but we were the first there. It didn't actually seem to be a lot going on, which was a bit disappointed. There was a couple of door staff, some sort of security standing outside the pub and having a chat, really. So we got out of the car, spoke to the, the security, asked them what was going on. And they told us that there'd been three lads inside the pub that had had a bit of an argument amongst themselves and ended up having a fight in the toilet and uh, damaging some of the toilet doors and I think a sink in the toilet as well. So I got out my trusty notebook, which was the staple of the UK policing at that point, and started writing down details of descriptions and what happened and the timings and all those things you think you're going to need later on down the line, just as I'd been taught in police training college. While we were speaking to the staff, the security, my tutor was stood beside me. Um, security turns around, then on the other side of the high street, about 100 yards away, there was three lads walking away from us down the hill. Security points them, says, that's the lads. It was them. So the second he says that, I was kind of rabbit caught in the headlights, not too sure, what do I do now? Do I carry on taking details? Do I walk over there? Do I run over there? At which point my tutor was off and running. He was sprinting across the road towards the lads who were obviously paying a lot of interest in us. You know, they were aware that we'd come for them, I'm sure. So the three lads go running off. I kind of pocketed my notebook, 
charged across the road with my tutor and started giving chase. Uh, now you have to remember that uh, police officers carry, you know, body armour, although I think at this time body armour wasn't actually even in for cops. I think we had it in the back of the cars should there be a problem, but it wasn't worn as a norm, certainly. But generally, certainly nowadays, police have any number of things on them. You know, you generally weigh about two stone more um, when you're uh, wearing all this police kit. You know, you've got body armour, you've got uh, a belt on that have handcuffs and now, you know, sprays and tasers and fast straps which is to sort of restrain legs and arms when people are fighting and all sorts of things so and you're wearing great big boots invariably so uh, quite often uh, you know you weigh a lot more than these kids and these kids are in you know trainers and tracksuits so you're a massive disadvantage it sounds like I'm making a lot of excuses and I am to a degree also so anyway we continue the chase uh, we go off down the hill and uh as we get closer to these lads, they bomb burst. They effectively run off in three different directions. So one goes off completely uh, out the way. I don't really see where he goes. The next one kind of goes left and my tutor goes after him. The other one goes right. So I thought, well, I should probably, you know, stick with him. So he turns right, continues off down into a line of shops and then sort of disappears from view just for a second. And I realise he's gone round into uh, looks like an alleyway, basically. So I continue off running around the corner and then sort of start slowing down as I realise this alleyway becomes a loading bay for, at the back of a shop. So we're now talking about a sort of, I don't know, 50 square metre area where lorries would normally come to unload into the local shops, all their stock. And this guy, it's a completely enclosed area. And, and I can see this guy is still running in front of me, but he is realising about the same time as me that actually there's nowhere to go. It's a, it's a total dead end. And the only way out is the way he came in, which is past me. So we both sort of slow down together, come to a stop. He sort of turns and looks at me. I sort of look at him, a little bit unsure what's going to happen next to either of us, really. Um, my heart is racing. You know, my uh, my chest is certainly pumping because I'm uh, puffing and having been running as is he. Uh, anyway, he realises he's got to come past me, which he's pretty confident in his abilities and doesn't think that's going to be a problem. So he starts slowly walking back towards me and now he's shouting and he's swearing and he's threatening me. He's telling me he's going to take my head off my shoulders. At which point I was thinking, I'm not really too sure what I'm going to do here, but thought perhaps I should get my baton out, my trusty PR24 we talked about in the last episode, the uh, the baton. So got my baton out, sort of took up the stance and I was thinking, this this isn't how it happened in, in police training college. At this point, you know, uh, they called the end of the exercise and, and the bad guy gave up, you know, or, or allowed me just to walk up and handcuff him. So this is very different in the real world. Uh, you can imagine, my, as I say, uh, I'm wide-eyed at this point. So he's walking towards me, he's getting closer and closer. Now he's got his fists up and he's basically still saying, get out of my way, I'm coming past. Um, I've got the baton, he's closing me down. He's probably within about six feet of me now and I'm almost to the point where I'm basically waiting to be hit. You know, I thought, whatever happens next, I'm pretty sure it's going to hurt. And then almost from nowhere, and I'd not really seen them because I was so focused on this guy, tunnel vision. One of my colleagues, another colleague, had come running in from the right, um, who was obviously much more confident in his abilities. And he basically just ran straight up to the guy who at this point was in a boxer's stance. You know, he had fists raised, was threatening me, was walking towards me. So it's more than justified. He basically grabbed the, by, the guy by his shoulders kicked his feet out from underneath him and told him, get on the floor, dickhead. 
and pushed him down on the floor and handcuffed him all in one quite swift movement. Let's say this guy had been around, this cop had been around and knew his stuff. Um, so I was fairly relieved. I assisted with the handcuffing and the guy kind of realised the game was up at that point and, and stood up and, it, and you know, it was sorted. A police car was brought round and uh, that was him cuffed and stuffed, we'd say, and, and off to the police station to be put in a cell and booked in, etc. So that was my my first taste of a sort of policing, really, and a, a bit of a disturbance anyway, certainly sort of probably bread and butter policing, really. That's happening in every town in the UK many, many times a day, that sort of thing, and those sorts of calls, as I say, are ten a penny. But reflecting afterwards, one thing that was interesting was at this point, when we were sort of handcuffing him, um, and worryingly to me, was that my right leg was shaking. I couldn't stop it. And I was very aware, or I was thinking, that my colleagues, now there was probably half a dozen or so police there that had responded, um, could see that my leg was shaking and it really worried me. Not because I thought I was hurt or injured or anything like that. I was worried that, you know, these guys were going to think I was a coward. Why was my leg shaking? I, could, I didn't know myself. I couldn't stop it. And it lasted for, you know, maybe a minute or so. And I was desperately trying to sort of straighten my leg out so that my trouser leg... Uh, wasn't tight against my thigh and therefore showing the shaking, but it was really quite pronounced, or it was in my mind anyway. And I was thinking afterwards, what the hell is wrong with me? You know, am I a coward? I'm not cut out for this job. You know, I'm scared. And all these things were going through my mind. And certainly again at 21, and and bearing in mind the job I just joined, there was which is quite a sort of macho, you know, male-dominated world at this point, as we're talking 30-odd years ago. Uh, There was no way I was telling anyone I was going to keep this to myself. Um, so I wasn't sure what to do about this. And for about the next year, every time I went to a similar incident or anything where there was kind of violence or the threat of violence or it looked like it was going to kick off one way or another, this same thing was happening to me, this shaky leg. Um, and I just didn't tell anyone, basically, and say so I was convinced at any point someone was going to find me out and say, you're a coward, leave the police. Um, about a year later, I was at a... Um, another police training college there was some sort of follow-up training to be done and I'd um I was in this this lecture theater and we were getting a lesson on um I think it was violence or antisocial behavior or something like that and there was about a hundred of us in this room and the speaker said um of course you've all experienced I'm sure you know shaky legs when you go to things and and I was you know I sort of sort of my ears pricked up you know and I was looking around the room and I was looking at various colleagues who were sort of nodding uh, in agreement and I was thinking wow is it not just me have other people experienced this of course the lecturer went on to explain well that's just adrenaline you know you're getting this huge dump of adrenaline and it's this fight or flight syndrome that your body is experiencing your body is getting ready to either run away or to fight its way out of what this trouble was so you get this huge dump of adrenaline and quite often that can show up in you know increased breathing and your heart rate increasing, more blood flowing around the system, and therefore, uh, quite often, you know, your leg can start to shake a bit. And they said, "Don't be thinking you're a coward or anything. You know, it's just purely a physical reaction. You can't stop it, and that's what it is. And everybody experiences it in this scenario. I can't tell you the relief, you know, to to realise and to understand what it was, and the fact that I wasn't a coward and that I wasn't going to be found out. I was pretty relieved." Um, but it did go on for some time, I say, because I, me worrying about it, I just wouldn't tell anyone at this point. But yes, I was very pleased to learn that turns out I wasn't a coward and that I might get past my first year in this job, as it turned out to be true. 
So that was another incident for you. Maybe not the most, you know, earth-shattering experience. I say, absolute bread and butter policing uh, for the UK. Very much a daily occurrence. But just perhaps interesting the thought process and what goes on, just to give you some idea of, of what I experienced. Uh, hope it was interesting anyway. If you liked it again, please subscribe, come back, maybe tell your friends. It'd be nice to build the followers. We've got a few, I'm pleased to say, after uh, the first couple. Um, so uh, I'll try and put, as I say, one out a week roughly or so. Uh, and uh, we'll deal with lots of different things that happen to me over my career. Anyway, mind how you go. Thanks for your time. Cheers.